Radio Free Cybertron. Transformers. Rewind. This week on Transformers Rewind, it's Madman's Paradise. Please welcome to Cybertron, Inara, ambassador from the planet Odessix. What a darling post-embryonic form. Darling, yuck. If I may be excused. Sure, but stay out of trouble and keep the tuxedo clean, okay? Preferring to wander around aimlessly over participating in intergalactic diplomacy, Daniel sets off looking for someone to play with. Like a 20 megaton metallic puppy, Grimlock follows behind. You get the feeling nobody's been here for a while? They find themselves in a strange, unexplored part of Cybertron. Neat monster! Not monster, handsome like me, Grimlock! Now what did he do? Don't make mistake! Thanks to Grimlock, they are transported to another realm. Me, Grimlock, feel surrounded. There they find wondrous creatures and terrible monsters. Who are you? We fight for the Golden One. Oh, us not fight for anyone. Not like noise. But taste okay. Hurry! Take them to the stockade! Grimlock! I could make use of such brute power. What in the castle, the Red Wizard tells Daniel and Grimlock of the evil Red Wizard, who is uh, probably a different Red Wizard. wizard. Fell from the sky through a strange red circle. That's how we got here. He was taught what his craft a by the former ruler of Monolia, the Golden One. Indeed, he was the master's favorite pupil. The Golden One vanished mysteriously. There was only one thing the Red Wizard could do. Rule Monolia in the Golden One's place. Uh, uh, what? Where am I? Hey! Water, please. A little water, please. In the name of the Golden One. That way! Go! Quickly! It's a battle! And that's Grimlock, isn't it? Defending the castle! Then our man Dan ought to be in the neighborhood! Just ahead is the cave where the Golden One is imprisoned. If only we could move the stone! With the assistance of Ramhorn, the Golden One is freed. Alas, the light! You have done well, pupa. So you're free, are you? Will you be merged to meet your... The Red Wizard is revealed to be the exiled Konosan. Neat! Isn't there any way to stop him? Come 
spells, but I am too weak to make them heard. Blaster, amplification. <laughs> Just speak into that device, you'll be Rolling a d20 on his skill check. And amplified by Blaster, the golden one drops some mad beats and defeats the evil Quintesson. And they all lived happily ever after. Yeah, it was an accident, honest. Daniel tell Drood, he not mean to get all dirty. (laughs) (laughs) What's so funny? Okay, JD, tell me, tell me, tell us why you're wrong, and what, (laughs) and what you, what you don't like about this episode, and we'll correct you. Uh, it's just so odd. Like the, I mean, I mean, okay, I get the the whole like beginning ceremony, you know, the diplomatic thing, yada yada. Okay, because Spike, you know, a kid that, you know, okay, yeah, you interacted with Transformers, therefore you get to interact with alien stuff. Okay, great, cool, whatever. Um, but. But the whole, like, Daniel and Dinobot, okay, that's funny enough, you know, put the idiot kid and the idiot robot together. Um, that's not wheelie. But, but then all of a sudden, it's like they open a random door, and then they're in, like, an Egyptian tomb, and then there's, like, just a portal hanging out there that's been hanging out there since, you know, what, Quinnison times, where they used to teleport off their people to faraway places. And... It just sort of like were they trying to get market share from like the Dungeons and Dragons animated show, and like trying to bring that over or something because it's this is just like a complete fantasy, you know. It's like the it's like the Autobots you know wanted to play D and D and it's just weird. It does weird. It's really an interesting. Season three is when they start going to different dimensions and planets and places and interacting with different cultures. Like, there's very... It's surprising when you actually look back at it and break it down how almost non-existent that is in Season 2. Like, the biggest season of all of them. And it's Earth or Cybertron. And, like, one time they go to Saturn and a planet of giants. And that's like it. And Monicus. And please, and they go to those places and do awful things, like blow up their planet. Or... (laughs) They fixed Mononia, didn't they? Mononia was better at the end of this one. Sort of. Yes. the evil tyrant king wizard. <laughs> they, they, yes, they posed him. Okay. The Autobots helped slaughter thousands and thousands of innocents who were on they the were side of rice. No, yeah. no. Yeah, no, yeah. yes, before that part, they did kill everybody, you know, like, there was the whole middle part where, like, all the Autobots are like, yes, crush the weak people, you know, and then they're like, wait a minute, that's the bad guy. Nah. Well, notice they don't get a parade in their honor, they leave quickly. Yes. Right. They're like, really fun, and we gotta go. They do, they do get a laugh in, and though, at the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, Daniel, you managed to get genocide. Uh, <laughs> the other thing is, like, I forget about the occasional times where they had, like, the 70s sitcom endings to, like, these 
episodes. So Transformers wasn't that bad for it, but I have been watching the original Turtles, and every freaking oh episode ends that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Michelangelo, you fell over. Hi, hilarious. <laughs> oh, why am I frozen in the sky like this? Get a doctor. Get a scientist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, it's just it's so it's just. I don't know. Maybe that's why I don't like season three either. It's just so weird. Weird. Just weird. Are, are you I'm telling a, me that using karaoke to support your magic isn't the way to go? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm saying it's a little weird. Propagation! <laughs> yes. I'm sitting and looking at this, and it was just really. What, what is really weird to me is that there's so much music in this one from seasons one and two. It's actually mm-hmm. kind of off putting. And, and it occurred to me that I that I always tend to think of season three as a separate show from one and two because it is so different. Mm-hmm. Well, the new tracks in season three don't start until Nightmare Planet. Hmm. Like all of the episodes before that from season three all do have the season one and two music in them exclusively. And it is weird. Even then, it is still weird when you go to watch a season three episode and you hear none of that techno stuff, that, that electronic stuff that they created for season three. It's kind of jarring. Yeah, but I enjoy the animation in this one. You know, it's well, one nice of the interesting one of the interesting things about this episode is that a lot of the people who worked for Sumbo at the time also worked for D and D as designers. Hmm. So that's why in season three they're allowed to go full tilt out on some of the conceptual designs. Yeah. The tree men that become centaurs is brilliant. That's yes. pure 80s D&D right there. And it, it, that hits me in a very special place, because that's my my memory of D&D, this weird out there, completely bizarre conceptions of what a fantasy world should look like. So you get this kind of chance to have Marlar Luther, you know, Quintesson Wizard. I love that word. I love the term Quintesson <laughs> Wizard. It's so good. You have him stuck in a fantasy world, you can just go completely and utterly off the rails. I love it's his wooden robots. Yes! I love yeah. like the first thing a Quintesson makes when he lands in this fantasy land is robots, because that's what his race builds. They make robots. But he doesn't have any metal. He makes them out of trees and wood and shit. He makes mm-hmm. wooden robots. I love that. That's a great... And they never actually... It's actually um, um, uh, symptomatic of the writing in the episode itself, where at no point does anybody go, Look! Wooden robots like a Quintesson would have made... <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it, it's a script that actually really doesn't talk down to the viewing audience. Like when you get the Golden One's pupil. Uh, wait, no, no, it's it's um, it is Mara Aluta himself um, telling the story of Minonia, and what he's saying does not match up with what's happening on screen. And you understand from that that he is lying to Daniel, and you're seeing what really happened. But they never have they never have anybody. Say you know they don't spell it out for you. You relied to make the connection yourself when you're looking at the, and and they never you know they don't um, hammer home the idea of the Quintesson exile or anything like they mention it, and then they go there and then it's like holy crap the wizard was the Quintesson. They don't they don't trail it. They don't tease it. They don't make it thuddingly obvious that that's what it is by repeatedly poking at it. They just set the pieces up and, you know, so, paying attention, you'll figure it out. But it, it's, 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 a, it's a surprisingly well-written episode so, from that point. So who, was doing the, who was doing the exiling? Was it the Quintessons oh, themselves or was it Autobots? Yeah, yeah. No, no, it would be presumably. I mean, the idea would be that he was exiled here because he was a practitioner of sorcery. 
No. That's great. I mean, how great is that? Like the Quintessons, this horrible uh, business-like, mechanical, orderly race who build, build, buy, sell, borrow, and steal. And then this one guy's like, what magic? Get to... <laughs> they just kick him into another dimension because they won't have anything to do with it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I really wish in some fiction that that was revisited because they implied that that was done several times, like to an ice well, like world. Three uh, H comics they mention in this one, Alba is it Albador. I think it's Albador. Albador. Who gets sent to an ice world? Yes. Or is it Mervian? I, well, one of the they mention in Quintesson gets sent to an ice world anyway, and that Quintesson shows up in Three H's uh, Botcon comics to explain the whole their take on the whole Primus. Quintesson origin connection as well. And um, did the other Quintesson show up in the conclusion to Wreckers that Fun Pump, Fun Pump published? I think he might have done. He might have done. Mm. Yeah. It's in the, you know, they did revisit the idea of the other dimensions anyway. I just, I just want my third party wood looking robots. Where's, where's that? <laughs> Which ones? You know, the, 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 the ones that he built in the sh- episode, the, Wood looking. Don't you don't you have like a lot of Warhammer crap? I mean, can't you just go to your closet and grab something from there? Sure. No. Uh, Allow me to introduce you to a certain thing called War Machine. I'm sure there's some wooden robots in that. Tum 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 tum. Just enabling. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm fine. Thank you. (laughs) You sure? I can send you pictures. No, it's fine. That's 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 fine. Do you know what the best thing about this episode is? On top of all the, the other ending? awesome. <laughs> when it's over. There is no joy in your heart. <laughs> what do you do? Just go outside and stare at the puppet. <laughs> and seed down for pigeons in the street and get them with a stick. Just enjoy it. There is joy. There is joy in this episode. There's a Quintesson. Say the word with me. Quintesson wizard. It's brilliant. Right? <laughs> There's nothing. I, I love quintessons. I, I love wizards. Concept of the quint. That's my other problem with season three too. Is that I, I cannot stand the quintesson origin for Transformers. And it's the only origin to me that counts. I love the quintessons. So, I love the quintesson origin. Oh yeah, I mean the quintessons. Even it, never mind the origin. Like they added a much needed third column to the show. Yeah. Oh, completely. I mean, every basically nearly, nearly every Transformers series that's come since has done something to add a third faction of opponents in some to some extent, just like to to just to mix it up and not have it be bots versus cons all the time, you know. And the Quintessons were really the first big stab at doing that, and I think it was successful. I've always enjoyed that. I've always liked the Quintessons, and I'm always happy to see more of them. You're never going to see a Star Seeker wizard, are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, the, the best thing about this is you hire the wizard. You have the Autobot. You have the Autobot tapes. You have the Autobot tapes, and they do stuff. Yes. Ram- yeah, Ram- I will give it that. I will give it that. Ramhorn cripples a hell of a lot of people. Just because <laughs> he's doing something, and on the other hand, the thing that makes me the happiest most than anything else, you get Steeljaw the Lion, which always makes me happy. I, love I think Steel this Jaw. is like the only time Steeljaw, not the only time he ever appeared, but it's like, it's his big moment for the show, yeah. really. He gets to sniff out the stupid boy. It's brilliant. Daniel, yeah. I mean, Ra- Ramhorn got Forever is a Long Time Coming, where he got to talk. That was his big thing. Yes. But uh, this is kind of Steeljaw's moment, which is mm-hmm. 
Mm. See, so, so you have Steel Jaw the Lion. Sorry, <clears throat> Steel Jaw the Lion. You've got him. You've got Ramhorn crippling people. You've got a Quintesson Wizard. You've got Grimlock killing everything in a five mile radius just well, because he's, he's killing anything. It's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. Ah, uh, he's killing things. You've got brilliant 80s fantasy concepts wandering around, like the wooden robots and that half-man, half-tree centaur things. Awesome! You've got the Golden Wizard, which is basically Magic Superman. It's awesome in every conceivable way. There isn't a bad thing I can say about this episode, except for it's not an hour and a half long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not a huge fantasy fan or anything. If something that I enjoy decides to piss around in fantasy land for an episode, it's not a way to endear itself to me. But for whatever reason, I think it's because it's the fact that it's not just the Transformers trip and fall into fantasy land. They are essentially going there and finding it overthrown by someone who's come through from their own world. You know, they just that little mixing of the worlds instead of <laughs> here is an episode in which there are dragons or whatever, you know, something like that. Um... Like, it's the same way, like, uh, uh, Decepticon Raider in King Arthur's Court isn't some Autobots fall into the past and help defeat the local blackguard and then um, go home again. You know, they have Starscream overthrowing uh, Wagon and all the rest of the stuff that goes on in that episode. Like, Transformers was pretty good about not, about about that, about not treat versions of these yeah. kinds of plots. Speaking of wizards, you know what else is really great about this episode? Like, what is really, really great about this episode? Like, my one of my favorite things, maybe the high point. And I was just talking about how brilliant he was in the last installment. We were talking about animated Corey Burton's Red Wizard. Oh yeah, is yeah, all, is freaking. I mean, he is just giving it all that. Like, he is panto villain chewing the scenery <laughs> he is roaring and screaming and growling i mean there are a lot of good performances in the episode altogether but but uh, i mean uh, the way paul eiding when he paul eiding plays him when he's disguised as his pupil and he plays the pupil as well and he plays it differently in both ways and you can tell mm-hmm. it's evil over here and not over there but no C- cory burton's like C- cory burton's mara alutha is it's like the one episode, but it's one of like his high point performances in the whole Transformers cartoon, as far as I'm concerned, because it is so mental. He doesn't as much chew the scenery as just turn it with a knife, fork, dinner plate, and proceed to make sandwiches out of the castle. It is awesome. Power enough to destroy you! <laughs> <laughs> you get the film there, you just sort of started tonking down the vodka before playing the, the role. <laughs> But Corey Burton was always a fantastic screamer. Whenever whenever Spike gets knocked off something or anything, it's like when he lets out a scream, you believe that they pushed the actor off something in the studio. Like he does the most legitimate, genuine screams I think I've ever heard in animation. So whenever somebody goes mental and starts roaring and screaming, it's great. It's just, it it is like one of the high points of the episode for me. From the stories we've heard about Wally Burr, I would be very surprised if he wasn't pushing Corey Burton off things. Is there with the stuff stick? Get off! <laughs> cool. But the, I mean, the, the great thing about this episode is it it does world building without ever letting you know that it's world building. Yeah, it yeah. builds up the, the fantasy world. Extra bit about the Quintessons. Exactly. I mean, even the the bit at the very beginning where you've got the quite bizarre alien woman dignitary, and yeah. she does that strange color change thing when she yeah. gets embarrassed. It's never drawn attention to, never mentioned, never explained. But you, you know, you, you kind of work out that. She's just changed the colour because she feels that she's embarrassed 
the it's spawn. Just a pretty diverse species, but it's yeah. just it's just good. Like, yeah, and that's why yeah, I that love season three. The rare times that we would actually see the Transformers doing this whole peacekeepers of the universe thing that they had for mm-hmm. season three. The only other time I can think of is um, what's it called? Uh, the Quint the Quintesson ah the Quintesson Journal. Whenever they host the um, yeah, yeah. they host the Beast Treaty, you know. Well, you, you've got the the. Sorry, the, you've got the Five Faces of Darkness as well. That entire thing kicks off with the Universal Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's there too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love season three. Yeah, it's, it's so just awesome. a, it's the broadening of the concept. It is. Even it, when it's, I mean, it might as well be. You know, whenever you whenever you realize that Japan essentially marketed that as a as a sequel series rather than the next season of the existing show, you can see why. You know, twenty year time gap, entirely different setup, new characters. I, I mean, I really enjoy season three. Season three has a lot of my favorite episodes in it. And I, I mean, it's, season three is obviously famous for being badly animated, but and a lot of it is. But um, fully half that, you know, Acom animate fully half the season. But then the other half uh, contains not all of them, but some of the very best animated episodes of the entire series are contained in that other half of the season. Mm-hmm. Dweller in the Depths, um, uh, what else? Killing Jars, a great one. Uh, uh, and this one is a really nice looking episode um, it's just odd in that there's no shading anywhere yeah like it's all yeah. flat oh yeah I never noticed that yeah, it's entirely good. flat colors but it, it still looks good but it's just there's no there's no shading anywhere and it's really weird yeah I, I, I was looking uh, Grimlock up on the parapets at one point and looking at all the solid blacks used to shade him thinking boy we're looking guy next today what happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> 